From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, Corner Pocket. Now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy. And Corey Clark. Bells will be ringing, this sad, sad news. Oh, what a Christmas to have the blues. Yeah, my baby's gone. Wake up. What is up, everybody? It's Wake Up War Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, RIP to practice observations, at least for the next two weeks. Jared Verse, he gone. And Michael Langson giving us a little bit of a primer on signing day as it kicks off today. Wake Up War Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida, cptallybar.com, the website. You can always hit the QR code on your screen. It'll take you right to aforementioned website. Uh, they were physically located 2475 brick and mortar. Corner Pocket Bar and Grill off Appalachian Parkway. So go check them out. They're awesome. We love them. Bill and the crew. Uh, lunch specials Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. And on Wednesdays, you get five-piece chicken wings and French fries. So don't even have to worry about what side dish you want to go with. So although I've been meaning to ask you, is it is it chicken wings and French fries and another side dish? I'll have to get clarification next time I'm at the CP and I see Bill there, Corey. Yeah, you should. And what does it matter? It's good and it's mm. cheap. Anyway, cheap is in cheaper than it should affordable. be. It's it's affordable. It's affordable. Affordable. Cheap was not the right word. Correct. Great synonym there, Aslan. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wordchant.com is cheap right now. Fifty four mm. ninety nine for a whole year. What are you waiting for? Come on, a whole year of access, premium, all the recruiting stuff, portal. Because listen, it's signing day today. We'll have Michael Langston on later on the show, talking about what he sees happening. Which is always weird to do like a recruiting preview on the Wednesday morning because by the time you all listen to this, everybody's already committed. Um, and the, the NLIs are flying in, but take advantage of this offer signing day special, get you through the portal season, spring football. And again, this time next year in a playoff game, mm. iron pipe lock. Right. I hope Warchant.com ultimate sell sports source. Corey, how are you? <laughs> Thanks, man. You don't care. No, what do you say? Don't say that. I do. I, I'm doing great, Aslan. I'm doing great. Well, Thank yeah. you. Hey, you know what? Thank you for asking. Tuesday was cold, man. Tuesday was cold. You only, you just, you just, you're always. It's either polo shirt and shorts, or it's hoodie and jeans. There's no, there's mm. no spectrum of like. Let me prepare for the weather, and I just want to make sure you weren't gonna, you know, get catch a cold or something on us being out there and the watching that practice on Tuesday morning in, in 40 degree weather and just a hoodie and jeans. I felt I prepared pretty well, though. I actually had two hoodies. Oh, layers. I had one underneath. So I layered it up with a shirt underneath that. And I had two pairs of socks. Oh, all Uh, right. So I I, I thought ahead there, but I was still cold. Even my feet were still cold. It was still cold. We're we're up there in that alleyway, so there's no sun, and there's a little wind whipping in there. So not great. Uh, But we did. Hey, you know what? We got to watch a Florida State practice for the first time since the, uh, the great snub of 2023. Do you want to talk about the snub, or do you want to talk about practice, or can I can I read your post on the Warchant.com Tribal Council? Um, that you know. Oh yeah, read that. Yeah, yeah, read that. Sure. So I, everybody... I wrote that very quickly. By the way, it was in between segments on Seminole headlines. So you all were. Oh, you're like, oh yeah, man, they're going to be at practice today. Let me go read the observations thread. Corey starts a thread titled "A Note on Practice Updates Observations." Hey guys, Corey Clark writes. Just want to drop a quick note about what we're allowed to report at practice, what has been the policy all year, and was very much reemphasized with us on Tuesday. The coaching staff really, really, really doesn't want us to report on who is practicing, and more importantly, who is not. 
we are not ever allowed to just provide a roll call of sort of who was there, who wasn't, how injured they are or aren't. One of the biggest perks of this job is being one of the few, maybe only, media contingents that are allowed to watch practices. This is extremely rare. The one downside of that access is we have been told we cannot report on injuries or participation unless the head coach acknowledges that for competitive reasons, of course. So just know that we can't answer questions on if a particular player was out there or not. And if we did, it would extremely limit our access this spring when real position battles will be taking place and in August as well. We're not willing to risk that, which I think you guys can understand because there will be a lot of position battles during those months. Thanks. You're the best. Corey Clark. Can can I disagree? That, with, I'm the, that they're the best? No, not that. No. Listen, he's a wildly popular coach. He's wildly successful. We are one of the only beats that can has this luxury of watching the entire practice. And I know we need to be judicious with what we see. And, and I get it. Listen, we're going to have enough content to do a podcast today, tomorrow, and the day after that, whether or not we talk about practice observations. But, man, you talk so much about how we ask the questions so we can give answers to the fans. Mike's talking to us, not so much us, but he's talking to you folks, the fans, when he's talking to reporters. If we cannot talk about what we're seeing at practice, like, I don't, I'm not trying to ruin any competitive edge, but they went 13 and 0 this year, Corey. Nothing that we mm. did ruined any competitive edge. Like, I, I can understand the sentiment, but I disagree with it. Is that fair, or am I being uh, too combative? Are you, be, are you disagreeing with me or Norvell? Because I was just stating the facts. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I think you believe this, Corey, and I'm kind of, I'm disappointed that you agree with that. I think it's crazy that we can't do this, that we can't, we can't talk about practice really any longer. Well, but I, I think that I, I'm looking more towards March, April, and August. Um, there will be position battles. And the cool thing is, you know, last year we got to say in, in April, May, March, whatever, you know, Vandravis Jacobs looks great. Heike Williams, not so much. Hey, in August, Keon Williams is, or Keon Coleman is awesome. Braden Fisk is really good. Like, Those are the perks of getting to watch practice is we get to know what we're talking about and what we we know when somebody's not ready, like Hakeem wasn't ready in April. And then we saw him in August and we're like, oh, okay, that's different. He's getting better. Um, And it just, that's the, that's the perk of it. Um, Yes, it can be frustrating to not be able to tell you guys who or who, who is and who isn't mainly, honestly, obviously who isn't at practice. You know, we get to say, hey, man, this I'm, I'm going back to 2022. Man, Jordan Travis looks different. That was different. And then it, it it's proven out. It bears out over the course of the, the season opener, the next game, and then the whole season and his whole career. It's cool that we get to see that and we're allowed that. And I don't know why I would rather be limited in what we can say as far as participation and get that access than the alternative which is to not get the access at all. Do you know what I mean? Okay, you're right. Like, I'm short-sighted. I'm being short-sighted. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, and especially for this game, right? But like they don't like this... us talking about depth charts, so can we talk about depth charts in the spring? Like, well, we do it in a way, right? Like, if we but say... But they don't like that. That's the thing. Like, So, folks, just so you know... Oh, no, but we can say who they're throwing to or who went up against someone one-on-one. True. You know, that's True. what we can do. And, and, and in reality, it doesn't really matter in March and April. Um... But yeah, you know what I mean. Like I, I, they're they're pretty they're pretty lax with what we say and what we tell you guys. Like a lot of coaches might let. Well, no, I say a lot. None. 
Like, we have to remember, I don't know, and I honestly don't know there's another Power 5 school that lets this happen, lets media actually watch practice. The certainly entire not, thing. Cer- yes, certainly not any of the big boys. Um, so, you know, if they were to say, look, you can't comment on a, a catch, you can't comment on how many completions the guy had. You can't say that Vandravius had a nice day or beat Quindarius for a touchdown. Like if they got on, if they got on us for that, well, that would. But we're allowed to talk. I've I've written forty times those kind of things. You know what I mean? Like you know, Jaheim Bell beat Kalen Deloach for a forty-yard play in seven-on-seven, seven. or you know, Azaria Thomas shut down Johnny Wilson and knocked away a ball. Like, we're allowed to say that stuff, which no other coaches really in the country allow um, at all because they're not allowed to watch practice. So, again, I think the the positives far outweigh the negatives. It's just for this this one instance, right, it's a real negative because so many people are interested in who's playing and who isn't. And it's such an odd, unique situation. Um, and, frankly, it was a odd practice mm. on Tuesday. Um different than anything we've seen, obviously, for the past four months, that it, it seems a little odd. Uh, it seems, I don't know, I don't know. It, it's not forthcoming to tell you guys who or who isn't practicing. But at the end of the day, it's an exhibition game in Miami. Mm. You'll know who will be playing against Georgia. The next game that matters is Georgia Tech and Ireland, and you will know who will be playing in that game. So Johnny Wilson will not be playing in the game he opted out. Yes. Trey Benson will not be in the game. He opted out. Right. Fabian Lovett will not be in the game. He opted out. Yeah. And then on Tuesday afternoon, Jared Verse declared that he too will opt out. He's entering the NFL draft. So there's one of the pieces of the puzzle that you folks are wondering about. Not that we reported it. Jared did it. Very extremely heartfelt, sincere, just really, you know, girds you up with good feelings if you read his his farewell message to the fans and just his time at Florida State. So um only thing surprising, maybe the timing on it, I guess. Like, uh, I don't know why we had to wait till the 19th, but Jared, do your thing, I guess, you know? So, again, I don't even think Caleb Williams has officially announced he's going yeah, to the NFL and we, draft. Yeah, we, we were talking about it watching practice. I don't. I, I just saw Seth Emerson, who covers Georgia for, I think, The Athletic, uh, but he's been covering Georgia for at least a decade. He said, you know, he was, he was tweeting about Jared Verse, and this was, you know, whatever, Tuesday night. He's like, Jared Verse becomes another Florida State player to opt out of the game. Georgia has not had any yet, but w- that will change. Mm. They will have guys opt out. I mean, that, that stands to reason. Uh, but, yeah, even Brock Bowers hasn't opted out. Yeah. Brock Bowers is probably a top ten pick, right? Top five oh, yeah. pick? yeah. Um, he has an opt like it's again. It's it's just odd. The I don't quite know the slow, why it's the slow drip of players from around the country. Like I think Notre Dame had a guy, the offensive tackle opted out. Maybe the Penn State offensive tackle opted out uh, or declared, I should say. Um, but not many. There haven't been many that have that have done it. So it is it is odd that what took two weeks. I don't quite understand it, but we all knew what was coming. Just like you know. There's probably another player on the Florida State team um, that will be declaring soon. Um, so, but you know, going back to Jared Burst, man. Yeah. What, what's space. what's so cool about it, man? And what's again, what what makes what makes what happened uh, on Black Sunday so maddening is that look, man, Jared Burst had a nice season. It, it, the first eleven games, right? 
He was good. He wasn't putting up huge numbers, but he was a good player. He was one of the best defensive players on the team. He was one of the probably, I don't know, top 20 defensive linemen in the country, just how he played for those 11 games. Then Jordan Travis gets hurt, breaks his leg, or whatever he did. I don't. What did he do? Break his ankle? I mean, do we know what Jordan I think did? He's never, it's never been announced, but it, it looked like dislocated ankle, broken leg. Okay, yeah. It was gross and awful, and yeah. we all hope for a speedy recovery. But that happens. So they know the offense takes a serious hit. It plummets. It's not the same offense. So what does Jared Burst do those next two games that are absolute must-win games to get to the playoff, in his mind anyway, because he's rational um, and logical and would think, oh, if we went out, we're good. He is unblockable. He and Braden Fisk raised their game to a completely new level and were dominating. And that's what's so maddening about what happened is that when a when a great player goes down, it's so fun on a, to, to watch a team where the other guys step up and raise their level of play. Braden Fisk and Jared Verse were good all season. They became incredible the last two games. Incredible. Like unbelievably good. Unblockable. Because their team absolutely needed it. And I, you can never forget that with Jared Verse. That, that what he did those last two games was superhuman, man. And it wasn't just the numbers. Every time an opposing quarterback dropped back, it felt like five was was hitting him or m- making a move. Then obviously slamming offensive tackles into them. It was incredible to watch. And that was, and that was a really cool way for him to finish his career. Would have been better if he was finishing it in New Orleans or Pasadena or Houston. But man, to finish his career with... Those two games against Florida, just dominating efforts against Florida and Louisville, you, you, that just speaks so much to, to who he was, who he is, and who that team was, what that team was. I can't disagree with anything you said, and I really can't add anything to it. It just further like drives that stake that much further inside of you that, yeah, I mean, listen, again, I am a very cynical person when it comes to sports especially college sports now, like the, rom- the romanticism has largely been dead. But like that kid is just was could not have been a better fit for what yeah. Mike Norvell and this staff want to do from like a culture standpoint, leadership, the perfect marriage of nasty on the football field and just like a great dude, great teammate. And those kind of guys don't grow on trees, man. And it's hard to have him play beside guys like Fabian and have all linked up, you know, with – Kalen behind him and behind him, Akeem and, and et cetera, et cetera. And you only get these chances so often in your career. And, you know, you don't get to fully, you know, try, get the chance, get the challenge yeah. of what you earned on the field. That's that's the, the real big bummer on this, obviously. But and again, it's wonder- another proof that they can develop guys because who he was and now how he leaves the program. But you, you also wonder, um, you know, how unique that is, how unique the whole team is. Like I've talked about plenty of times, your star quarterback was a a transfer, unwanted transfer from Louisville that almost switched positions. Johnny Wilson was an afterthought. Trey Benson was an afterthought. Um, And then you have this, uh, your second best defensive lineman is a kid from Western Michigan. And then this kid from Albany that was a zero-star recruit that nobody wanted. Like I hope that Marvin Jones Jr. has – uh, a season or two like Jared Verse has is that kind of player. But it's a different chip on a shoulder, man. 
Marvin Jones Jr. was like the number two. That's really hard to say, by the way. Marvin Jones Jr. Uh, MJJ was a, uh, you know, he was the number two weak side defensive end in the country. Everybody wanted him. There's a different personality and persona that comes with that. You know what I mean? And he might be awesome. But I just think what made this this particular team so fun and unique was they weren't all blue-chip, five-star, super-duper recruits. A lot of them had to go through basically hell and back to get to this place. They weren't ready-made stars. They had to work for it. They had to prove themselves either at Florida State or another place and then coming to Florida State. And you wonder if you'll ever get that kind of magic back. They'll, if this thing keeps going the way it's going, and if they sign the guys that think they're going to sign later on today, and then the portal, you hit the guys you think you're going to hit in the portal, and you continually do this for the next three, four years, they're going to have maybe more overall talented teams even. But there'll never be a team quite like this one. Bernardo Green, your best corner, one of the best corners in the conference, was a forgotten safety, second team safety. You know, Deloach, Bethune, guys that hadn't done much for two or three years, or Bethune, you know, was was a UCF. Fabian Lovett, a six-year guy. Jarian Jones, a sixth-year, fifth, sixth-year guy. There were so many cool stories about this team, and Jared Burst chief among them. Like, he's probably, by all accounts, going to be a first-round pick. He's one of your best defensive players of the last half-decade to decade, at least. And he was a zero-star recruit that nobody wanted that went and played at Albany for two years. That's cool, man. That's cool. We, so Florida State might have better, much better teams, might get to play in playoffs, might get to go win national championships. That This is another reason why I think this team will always stand out with Florida State fans and why it's so unique and cool what he and Fisk, well, that whole defense did, right? Yeah. But those two guys in particular, what they did when the season was on the line and a playoff berth was on the line, they absolutely delivered when it mattered most. So kudos to them. You know, Patrick Payton's a guy who elevated his play too, I feel like, the last two games as well after Jordan went down. So if, if Pat Payton can build off what he's become and Marvin Jones Jr. can be, you know, fulfill his potential, maybe don't take nearly the step back you were you were thinking four, five, six weeks ago when you're anticipating losing Jared. Like I'm not downplaying what he's meant to the program and just how talented and skilled he yeah. is, but again, you know, just Maybe they're in a process now of, of being able to replace these things close enough. Reasonably equal facsimiles, I think another show likes to call it, on our network. So, Yeah, and I, and I think that those two, you feel good about what it could be. We don't know yet. Like, I think Jared Verse was known. He, we had seen what he is. We have still not – We saw. I think we saw him at his full potential kind of right away, man. Like, that first game against LSU in the Superdome, it's like, oh, this guy's a freak and kind of just played like that the rest of the – his career, even when he got hurt in 2022, he was still a very good player. We kind of don't – maybe we kind of we, – we have a feel of what Patrick Payton is, but he's – you know, you, you can – he's so much better now than he was 18 games ago. So is he going to take another exponential jump? Is he going to become one of those dudes that gets all the attention, that's a, a 10 or 11 set? Is, he, is there another step for him to take? Because I think there is. And then also, we have no idea what MJJ is going to be. So yeah, the the it's exciting to think about the prospects of how good they can be. And and getting uh, Jones is a is a big deal because we all figured right like Tuesday's news was not stunning. Oh, and by the way, we can say this: Jared Verse did not practice on Tuesday. <laughs> he made that official with that announcement. 
Um, that would have been cool, though, if he would have practiced, and we'd all been like, ooh, look at this, and then he would have pulled a, another dagger and yeah, put it right there yeah. on us. Um, again, not a didn't think Tate looked that great in practice. Can I say that, or do I need to delete that out? That's like no, I, revealing. No, I, 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 I was uh, – he, he, yeah, he wasn't – he's had better days, let's put it that way. Not bad um, decisions, just for some reason it looked like it was he had my right arm attached to his body and not his any longer. A couple fluttering throws, but, you know, that's one thing we've never had to really worry about with Tate and still shouldn't. Uh, that arm strength is there. Um, you know, it's a matter of who he's going to be throwing to. But, uh, but yeah, man, I, this is – it's going to be really interesting because I do think – I am of the opinion that uh, he knows – he must know that – it, well, I'm not of the opinion. He knows he's not – they don't want him to be the guy in 24. That, well, I mean, they don't. They, no, I know. I'm just, you're, I, and I was trying to help out. I'm like, I need to help find a way to make this more diplomatic. And, and then I say. said that. But yeah. it's the truth. I mean, yeah, they, it's, it's been four years. They're still out uh, on the trail for, for quarterbacks. So I wonder what his mindset is. It's a very unique um, place to be in for a quarterback – to play in a game like this against a team like this with obviously as Aslan listed off some weapons, not around uh, that, that he would have had earlier in the season, just what that mindset is and what it's going to look like and what his future is. Cause I think wouldn't he still have two years left or just one 20. I mean, you don't get like a double red shirt for that 20 season. So you, you either use it or you, whatever. So, um, Oh, okay. So 21, 20. So yeah, he's got, this is his last year. It's going to be interesting to see what, what, how that works. Oh, and also I did talk to Norvell. He did say, um, this was when he was walking off after he was very curt with you. Um, that uh, he he did say that they will practice. They, they do expect to have some guys from this signing class today, practice with them but it'll probably be in south florida mm. they'll be there for a few of the practices in south florida which is really cool man what a cool experience you sign on a wednesday and then less than a week later you're you're having your first college practice at the orange bowl well that's kind of neat yeah uh, what's neat is buying something and getting another item for absolutely free you can do that over at vitaminenergy.com when you use the promo code warchant bogo that's warchant b-o-g-o Vitamin Energy is the world's first and only clinically tested, clinically proven energy shop. Reduces brain fog, enhances your focus and your mood, and obviously your energy. Because there's 260 milligrams of all-natural caffeine in every shot of Vitamin Energy. The Workout Plus has got a little bit more juice in there. So does the extra strength. But you know exactly what you're getting in there because everything is on the label. And you can read all of it because it's vitamins. It's real stuff. Vitamins, nutrients, antioxidants. It's energy with benefits. That promo code, courtesy of our great friends over at Vitamin Energy, who are Florida State alums trying to help you out. Running out of shopping days, everybody. Get some Vitamin Energy. Leave it on the desk when you have to bring somebody in and coach them up. You know, mm. give them a shot of Focus Plus on the way out the door to help enhance and push them to their greatest heights. It'll work. It's clinically tested and proven. VitaminEnergy.com. The promo code, Corey, is... Warchamp BOGO. There you go. Shake it and take it. VitaminEnergy.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, what was up with that, Corey? Why was he so curt with me? I didn't think that was a rude question. I've asked worse before. It was. I think it. You. You were. You were fine. I think it was. Were I we, think he, were we not. Did we not want to go there? Did we? No, no. I think it was snub. I think it was an insult. The way I think he might have taken it as an insult when you said, "Do you have a? Do you think you'll get a firm grasp on who will be playing and who won't be playing?" Maybe he took as an insult, like, you don't think I talk to my players? Of course I have a grasp on who's going to be here and who isn't. Or maybe he was mad that you were trying to, you know, get him to admit who wouldn't be playing. Yeah. One of those two things, yeah. right? I think it's probably the former is how I would have taken it because he knows you have a job to do, and he usually is pretty good about answering those things by not answering them at all, but he at least says some words. So I think it was, I think it was that. Yeah, but so, I, yeah, it was crazy. Like I, re, I, I came. It was only like a five minute interview. Yeah, five and a half minutes. Yeah. I was standing behind you when that happened, and then I kind of peeled over because I was going to ask him about Daryl Jackson, and then I peeled over, and then all of a sudden he's like, he's bound, he's leaving. It's like, oh, geez, okay, all right. So did it was just word chain asking questions. Yeah, that's yeah. Don't bait me into going on to a whole riff about that. Should have had some more. Uh... But I mean, there are only four. Que- Ira asked the first question. I asked if he was still mad. You asked that. Oh, and I think Brendan asked the question too. Yeah. So there were four questions total. Uh, so Thursday, well, we get them. We get them later today too. Yeah. And there's. I'm gonna. Ask, how about if I every press conference we have with Norbell until Ireland? No, no. I'm sorry. Until the Florida game of next year, I ask him if he's still mad. <laughs> like Uh-oh. I did today. Are you still mad? You still mad? Because we all are. You still mad? He. I like the way he handled it all. Um, yeah, me too. I, I don't like the way he didn't want to talk about players. Not you know, I don't like well, how, right, but whatever. One of these days, we just need to do like a charity boxing match. Me and Mike, just get it all out in the open. Just get it over with. I think he likes you enough. Um, but yeah, he's wearing it on his face. Like the, the cool thing about him is that you know he'll give you the coach speak every now and then, but not to get you on the coach speak franchise show warchant.com. <laughs> right. But you know, he'll also admit just how important it is to beat Miami, how important it is to beat Florida. Um, he's real honest with that sort of stuff. And, you know, I think he was appreciative in a way to have this platform, this arena again, to kind of talk about it a little bit more long form, because again, he was pretty, he was very diplomatic on the conference call with Kirby on Sunday after the snub. And then he released a statement and that was kind of it. Like he's been, he's been recruiting, he's been coaching, he's been dealing and processing with all this sort of stuff. But to see him talk about it and and not be in a sort of bratish, surly way. I mean, I can't I can't imagine what Nick or Kirby or Sark, any of these guys would have been like if their undefeated team would have got left out of it. But I thought he so eloquently kind of not only showed it on his face and his demeanor, because everybody commented on the video like, man, he just he's wearing it right now. You can just tell how much he's hurt. Yeah. But also, I think, you know, summed it up about, you know, like he's never going to, you know, he'll probably never let go of that. And he hopes, yeah. and he hopes 
that a lot of the players won't either. And I think Jarring's a guy that pretty much said the same thing. So um, I think there's more meat on the bone with that question. I, I'm sure we'll, it'll, got, it'll get brought up when he's down in Miami from the local media down there. And I, and I look sure. forward to him expanding on it once more then. Yeah, no, I thought he did handle it well. You know, he talked about how, um, you know, it happened. They were left out, and then he had two in-home visits that night. That's crazy, it's man. Not, because it's so sped up, man. This has been – so he said it was the toughest two weeks of his life as a coach. I think a lot of it had to do with just dealing with his current players. But some of it is just like you don't even and – he, and he brought up the fact that they got 12 hours to celebrate. Yeah. They got 12 hours to – which is true. That game ended at midnight ish in Charlotte and then 12 hours later the show started and they were left out so they didn't even get a chance to relish what they had accomplished they slept they woke up and then they were disappointed and it that sucks that team deserved to feel good about itself for a month not feel good about itself for half a day that's crazy but anyway so he had to deal with that and then he had to, he's had to deal with the portal they've got you know I don't know 13 14 guys that have left uh and then they've had, you know, they it's recruiting. The national signing day is today. They're also practicing for Georgia with, you know, not let's just say not the same team they've had. So it's it's been a really hard two weeks, but I think the hardest thing that he was talking about is just like how do you get these guys that are here to, to not to care about their careers, but to care about this one game. Like, how do you get them to rise up and compete at the level they've been competing at for two straight years? How do you get them to do that? There's a chance they're going to be outmanned, but even an outmanned Florida State team back in 20 and 21, a lot of the times, still played really hard and competitively. You just, I, I think he's wondering about their mindset because there has never been a team in the history of this sport, truly, that has been... I don't know, more crushed by an exclusion than this one? Like, you could go – I mean, I know all this stuff, folks. I, I know the history of the sport. Going back to Notre Dame in 93, they lost the next week after they beat Florida State. They had a chance to ice a national championship berth, and they lost at home to Boston College. They didn't – so they they can blame themselves for that. Any other time a team has been left out of a chance to play for a, a – a, uh, national championship game. And look, man, Florida State in 91, Florida State in 92, Florida State in 87, Florida State in 88, all one-loss teams that just needed one thing to happen, and they probably win the national championship, and they never happened. Those teams, but all those teams lost the game. So they could always blame, well, we didn't play real well against Miami on offense. We scored one touchdown, and we left it up to a walk-on kicker. That's on us. This Florida State team did everything it had to do. They did they left they didn't they took care of everything. Their best player goes down, everybody plays better. And that's what I think is is so crushing and so hard to get over. This team of um guys that weren't wanted at other schools or weren't big time prospects, two and three star dudes, and then got then transfers from small schools. They had done everything they had to do. They had they had left Jacksonville State in the rear view. And Willie in the rear view. And they had become a national championship playoff team and won 13 games in a row this season, finished 13-0 and with a third-string quarterback. And they get told they don't deserve to play. They didn't earn a spot to play. That's crushing. How do you get over that? You could tell Mike Norvell isn't over it. 
and he's getting paid millions of dollars. And he gets to do this again next year, and the year after that, and the year after that. These seniors, man, this is it. And so I, I can't imagine what those guys are going through and how hard it is for them to try to get up for this game. Man. Sorry, that was a no, lot. No, 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 no. Um, it just always comes bubbling back, man. I'm trying not to have it come bubbling back, but it just keeps doing it. I know. I've I've been in the minority of this. But were you set, what did you think of that practice, like watching it, compared to like the week of the Florida game, the week of the Miami game, the week of whatever game? Yeah, I don't know if it felt different because of the the population of players out there or – it just had a different kind of feel. I mean, he was still, listen, you, you guys see the video that we posted from practice. He's still out there clapping it up and, and coaching guys up in between reps. But, yeah, man, like, because it's not just him having to deal with it. Like, every yeah. single player on that field is having to deal with that hurt. Every single assistant. Listen, even people around that program, like, you know, I, I joke around with the video guys that, that do stuff for Seminoles.com. Man, they, they're, they're freaking pissed off and hurt, too. You know, yeah. like everybody involved in this program is feeling it. So it I'd be lying if I said like it, you know, I walked in there. You could just feel the vibe was off. But I'd be lying if I said, no, yeah, it, it, it was, you know, it was business as usual. There there was a, you know, there was a tangible difference it felt like to me. But again, yeah. he's a guy that, that he's so consistent in everything that he does, what he preaches. And I think the guys that are out there believe in that. And not to say that the guys that weren't there that don't believe in that, but if you're going to play a game for Mike Norvell and you're at his practices, you know what the expectations are, and you're going to carry it out to the best of your ability. And I, you know, unfortunately, you know, maybe Tate didn't have a good grip on the ball because it was cold. But I got faith in our guy to bounce back. But yeah, it it did not have the same sort of verve of the last few practices. But again, I mean, it's it's probably hard as well, Corey, right, to compare Florida and yeah Louisville when you're fighting for what you think is like your playoff life and you you know every game just gets that much more magnified and then now you're playing a game that by all intents and purposes and I don't even know if they would get mad. I mean I wouldn't say it on camera in front of them, but if I was like walking off the field jarring and I was like, man, like is this game kind of worthless? Like is it kind of meaningless? I'm sure he wouldn't be like, yeah, man, for sure. But I don't think he'd be like, oh, hell no, man. Like, this is this is, this is, is another opportunity to get great and be great and show how awesome we are. Like, I think he'd probably be like, yeah, man, this, I don't know, man. This is, this is effing crazy. It just, yes, and it just like watching practice just made me mad and sad at the same time. Accurate. Just watching that practice, I was like, this, this is uh, nonsense. This is BS that this is what what it is now. Um, and again, I hope I we will reiterate and continue to reiterate as Jared Verse opted out. Obviously, Trey, Johnny have opted out. Um, and uh, maybe one other. No. Love it, Fabian. Oh, yeah, Fabian. Uh, um, that I hope you guys don't give any of these kids grief. I don't think you are. If you're smart enough to listen to this show, you're smart enough to know that they don't owe this program anything. Um, they, they, they brought this program back from the depths of Hades, and it is now a top ten program again. It is a it is an established, iconic brand again. After that five year window of just absolute deplorable grossness, it's back, and it's because of guys the guys that have opted out. A lot of the guys that have opted out. So under they did all they could in the entire sport, just took a big heaping. Crap on them, and they're not. They don't. 
I I can understand. And I think we all can. If they're upset and um, you know, maybe a dis- little bit disillusioned with the sport, and and also this is this game doesn't matter towards the goal that they have been chasing all year. They had chased a goal. So many of them had come back for that goal, and then through no fault of their own, that goal just gets kicked to the other side of the field, and they can't go. They can't go towards it. Well, then maybe I quit playing the game. For, and just worry about me for right now. And again, they've done so much for this program in these these last night, the last two seasons. But the last 19 games, man, come on now, 19 game winning streak. It's the second longest in the country. It's like the second longest in the history of the pro school. And this is Florida State, who wins all the time. Like it's just, I I hope you guys, and I don't think you will. So I'm probably preaching to a very small minority. Don't hold it against these players for not playing. It is a different age than it was in the 90s and 2000s. Um, th- th- this is just the sport. And appreciate the fact that they won 19 straight games, including 18 straight regular season games. And by the way, Aslan, when they go into Georgia Tech, I don't care what happens in the Orange Bowl, I'm going to keep calling this an 18-game regular season winning streak. You know what I'm saying? Okay. They, Florida State Seminoles, well, isn't, comma, it, isn't it 17 because of the bowl game and the ACC championship? I but I, don't we count the championship as part of the regular season? At least I do. It's the postseason, I thought. But I, all right, you I might thought. be right. I don't. We'd have to go to the judges' scorecard on that. But I'm gonna, I'm going to say before next year, Florida State's no matter what happens in the Orange Bowl. And you know what? They might shock the world, gang. Tate Rodemaker's got something for you, dogs. <laughs> but. Uh, I'm going to say Florida State Seminoles, comma, who have won 18 straight regular season games. The longest, well, no, Washington will still have the longest streak in the nation. The second longest streak in the nation. Yeah, we will need to get clarification on if that's a postseason game or not because Georgia will have a longer regular season win streak if we don't count. I'm going to go ahead and say that it counts as a regular season game. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and say it. So Georgia's winning streak is at zero. (laughs) Okay, there we go. Florida State's is at 18. There we go. An iconic brand. Um, anything else before we bring Michael Langston in, Corey? Uh, I did want to say on, on the note of that, it came out clumsy when I was asking Jarin, but Jarin's such an awesome kid that he rolls with the punches no matter what. Um, but, you know, I asked him, like, do you feel like you guys have something to prove in this game? Uh, just because of the, 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 I was trying to get to the whole fact that, like, what do they have to gain, right? Like the whole, the yeah. whole fear that all the fans have is that if you lose to Georgia, it's ha ha. This is why you didn't belong. If you beat Georgia, it's like, well, Georgia doesn't care about this game. But he's like, he answered in such an emphatic, authoritative way. Where it was like, we don't have to prove anything to anybody. Like, right. I, I think, I think Norvell probably made a really good point of that to his team when he talked about all the difficulties of getting everybody together for team practices or team meetings and texting everybody. But I'm sure whenever he did have like the big team meeting where everybody was in that auditorium. I'm sure he told him just how absolutely proud he is of that team, and and no matter what happens on December 30th, man, that does not in any way, shape, or form define or take away from what they accomplished this year. So, and I, I'm going to reiterate this a bunch over the next week and a half, I'm sure. But if you follow anyone on Twitter or listen to any podcast or have any friends in your life that are going to say to you after the Orange Bowl, "See, you guys didn't belong." They don't need to be in your life anymore. You need to stop following them on Twitter. You need to stop having them over to your house for barbecues and beers. And you need to stop listening to their podcast because it is completely disingenuous and asinine. There is a chance. I mean, just listen to the names we've already told you guys about, man. Like, you know who's not playing. So this isn't the team that would have been in New Orleans against Washington. 
It just isn't. Or in New Orleans against Georgia, if Georgia had won. It's a completely different team. And anybody that, that uses this game as validation of Florida State getting left out is a complete and utter idiot. When it comes to sports, maybe not in life, and maybe they don't understand that all your, all the play, uh, some of the players didn't play. But educate them, and if they don't care, then cut them out of your life forever. But somebody that would go on Twitter, that's like a, a college football writer or analyst or expert, quote-unquote, that, that brings this game up is anything other than an exhibition game and, and does not try to make the – but tries to make the connection that it's uh, – this is validation, the committee got it right, the playoffs got it right, uh, they're absurdly dumb. And don't listen to them. Don't, almost don't even engage with them. I was going to say, we should make it the block at the rock part two where you just retweet them and you just say blocked. If they, if, you're right. You're right. Yeah. There will be some that have big Twitter followings that are college football uh, personalities or uh, you know broadcasters, writers. If they write, if they if they tweet anything like that, retweet it with a blocked. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just it's it's so utterly preposterous, folks. Uh, and also, Georgia's not going to have some of their guys too. I mean. Hopefully, or or maybe they're all coming back. They're all they've wanted for their whole lives to play in the Orange Bowl against Florida State. Um, So maybe they're just mad at Marvin. Like we're going to show him. We're he left this. What? Uh, But yeah. So this just is. It's not. This is not the third playoff game. This is number five and number six and number only because what the what that committee did two Sundays ago was in this team as we know it season. Everything that happens after that committee snub is not the Florida State team that you watched for three months. And people people that you want in your lives are smart enough to know that. Does it feel so. like that was two weeks ago or like two years? It feels so long to me. But it like, does. I keep saying two weeks, and I'm like, certainly it's been longer than that. Yeah. But no, it's just because right. I've been stewing yeah. for two weeks. I guess that's, that's why stress, you shouldn't have stress in your life. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, it feels like it's been six years yeah. since that happened, and it's been, you know, what, 15 days? Mm. All right, let's step aside. Let's get Michael Langston on here to talk recruiting. But first, mybookie.ag betting season over at mybookie.ag. Use the promo code WARCHANT. You get an instant cash deposit bonus based on a percentage of your initial deposit when you're a first-time customer at mybookie. Dot .ag I don't think we got a bowl game today, right? We don't. Why? Maybe it's signing day. That's crazy. No bowl game today. Tomorrow Syracuse giving out 3 to South Florida? I'm all over the Bulls, man. I might say take the Bulls at plus 130 to be honest with you. Not going to fool around with the over under on it. Um I think we've done good on the overrunners, though. By the way, everybody, I think we're. I think we might be two for two. I think we might be two for two. Anyhow, you know better than I do. Make your picks over at mybookie.ag. Be responsible. Bet responsibly. Set a budget. Don't go over the budget. Do not chase. Wait a day. Sleep on it. Don't chase. Again, mybookie.ag promo code WordChamp. Michael Langston talking recruiting coming up right after this. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As promised, as advertised, Michael Langston here. His NIL is a lot, so let's just get right to it. Michael, I'm not even going to waste any breath talking about Charles Lester and Armando Blunt. Lester's coming to Tallahassee. Blunt's going to Miami. That's my opinion. You agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, man. Um, KJ Bolden. You know, every year there's somebody, right? There's somebody that you meet that you you feel good about, but you're not going to bet the entire farm on it. Is Bolden that guy this class? Yeah, it feels like it. Uh, you certainly have a lot of buzz just with Georgia, Auburn. It's been fluctuating. You know, first it was Georgia, then this week it was Auburn. And, uh, you know, probably Tuesday night uh, you have, you know, <laughs> more Georgia. But uh, everything I've heard that points to, um, you know, that he's going to stick with FSU. That's the feelings I get. Um, you know, I trust that what we're hearing. So, um I'm going to stick with that, but that's where I think things sit. But yeah, it's, it's one where fans are going to be sweating it out until he puts ink to paper uh, as far as uh, signing. What are, what are some of the variables you think with him? I mean, is it, is it an NIL thing? Is it a prestige SEC playing in that conference kind of thing? I mean, what are, what are some of the determining factors you think here in the last like 24 hours for him? Probably. I think it's probably a mixture of both, you know, NIL and, and certainly, um, you know, not so much everything NIL, but just a part of it. And then, uh, you know, certainly prestige play in the SEC. Uh, Hugh Freeze is building some exciting things. They've got a lot of kids that committed, you know, there that have bought into it. Cam Coleman, a five-star receiver, went there. Uh, you know, so there's there's some buzz about, you know, just Auburn and what they're doing. And then, of, of course, Georgia, you know, two-time defending champs, um, certainly right there in his state. Uh, you know, they're pushing the show. You know, they put great players in the league and all that stuff. So, I think there's 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 a draw of just what those two teams do and them being the SEC. So it's made things a little you know uneasy and dramified uh, you know, as far as uh, what could happen. But as I said before, I mean, I, we did our show and I feel that FSU is, is probably the, the likely spot, you know, based on what I have right now. I mean, him being a five star plus guy, is he one of those guys that you'd be I don't want to say expected, but is he a guy that shows up spring and is probably competing for, you know, rotational minutes? Reps? Yeah, no, I think rotational minutes. I think a starting shot spot uh, okay. because, I mean, he is that good. He's that impactful. Um, he's basically the, uh, you know, the defensive version of, of what Jeremiah Smith does. You know, so uh, he's a guy that you can get on the field anywhere. I think it, it will also depend always, as it usually does, of how, you know, quickly he adjusts. But I think – you know, he's a guy that should adjust fast. And I think at the very least, I think he's going to be certainly in that rotation, as you just uh, alluded to, Aslan. So, yeah, definitely a, a early impact freshman guy. You said the word Jeremiah Smith. <laughs> you got me excited over here. Um, I don't want to put you on the spot, Mike, but what makes you feel good about a possible flip when it comes to Smith right now? I think if you, if you follow a lot of the tea leaves of just the recruitment, um, not, you know, put aside – you know, the intel that you get. But if you put together the recruitment of he visited FSU, uh, you know, for the Miami game, uh, officially visited FSU later, visited Florida. And when he visited Florida, he was watching FSU play. You know, so it's always FSU is the variable in there. 
Hasn't been to Ohio State a lot. We know Brian Hartline has done a great job with receivers. The guy gets whatever they want receiver. You know, certainly their pedigree speaks for itself. But I think if you follow the tea leaves of what's happened, uh, him calling Mike Norvell probably the best coach in college football, him calling Keon Coleman the best receiver in the country, those little things uh, you know matter. And um, and and so I think with and then with Jeremiah, I just think that there's a connection with Norvell and that's special that I don't think he has with too many head coaches. He didn't mention Ryan day when he talked about Ohio state, he always talks about Heartline. He always talks about the job he did. So I'm um, not saying that they don't have a relationship. I'm just saying when he talks about FSU, it's always Norville first and then Dugans and then all the other guys. Um, but I just think there's a lot of factors that certainly make you believe that, you know, FSU can definitely, uh, you know, pull it off. And like I said, uh, yeah, FSU was his last uh, visit he took. Um, we've, we've continued hearing confidence a little bit more each time. Now, is it a guarantee? No, <laughs> but I mean, you're dealing with, you know, recruits and, you know, down to the final minute. Uh, but overall going into, you know, that Wednesday, you know, when he announces that at noon, uh, Eastern standard time for those on the Eastern coast, uh, you know, I think, I think FSU sits in the, in the best spot based on, you know, the Intel we've heard, uh, at this stage. Yeah, he told another network, I think, on Tuesday night that, like, the NIL is getting crazy. Like, Miami's throwing a whole bunch of money at him. Florida – but he didn't say Florida State, so yep. I feel like that's good. Yeah. Um, mentioning they just feel something special about Ohio State. But, again, yes. um, like, no one should freak out, right? Like, he's been committed to Ohio State this whole time. So, if, if he does not flip, this isn't like, oh, Florida State doesn't know how to close, right? Because <laughs> yeah. they never had him. No, they didn't, uh, but um... – at the same time, I think uh, he's also being bashful about the things he says about FSU. When I interviewed him, state championship game they won. He was kind of very dismissive. Uh, but at the same time, hey, I'm going on that official visit, and it's like always centered around FSU. So, uh, and, and and certainly we've gotten enough that leads us to believe that they're they're a very real threat. And we've said that from the start. And I know, you know, there's confidence from the Ohio State side that's pretty strong that they feel like you know, he stays in there, but, you know, based on what we're getting from people around him and then people uh, from the FSU side, certainly that, you know, we feel there's a real, real chance. And, you know, that's, that's where I would pick uh, him going uh, is FSU going into Wednesday morning. LJ McCray, last guy I want to have you give us some Intel okay. on. Um, I don't know if that one's fading or not, or maybe just there's so many other moving pieces that it's, <laughs> that's a cool thing though, right? Florida State's chasing so many five stars and maybe yeah. one of them is getting, Slipping through the cracks. I haven't been able to keep up much with the the recruitment of McCray here recently. Where do where do you think things stand uh, as we talk late on Tuesday night? Yeah, I mean that one's kind of you know he heats stuff close to the vest. Uh, you know, got to know LJ pretty well through the, this whole process starting years ago, and then certainly uh, you know the visits he would come, uh, you know, would have time to you know catch up with him and then in whatever there to Daytona one one week, and you know just he seems to be as long a, a, a loyalty type guy to me. Uh, where when he made that decision to Florida, yeah, they've gone through a lot of turmoil and and stuff, you know, coaching changes and, you know, defensive line coach getting uh, fired or, or whatnot and uh, moving on. But um, and then the questions about, you know, is this D.C. going to be there when when he turns duration of his, his career? And then even more importantly, is Napier going to be there after next year? You know, so there's a lot of stuff, but I think the loyalty – in my opinion, wins out. I think Florida's probably going to you know, hold on to them. Everything I've gotten the last 24 hours has been more, you know, more positive for Florida than, than any school. Uh, I think Florida State, 
checks off everything, but I think it's just one of those things like sometimes kids just want to play in a certain, either a certain league or a certain, you know, certain team. And I think for him, uh, you know, kind of Florida fits that, that, that fit for him, you know? So um, that's kind of where I think it'll shake with uh, LJ McCray, where his teammate goes, uh, DB, I don't know, Zay Bency. I've heard so much stuff where it's Miami, Florida, you know, Alabama. I've heard FSU is a dark horse that <laughs> there too, but I, I think pretty much, um, I don't, I don't expect FSU, so I don't think that's one we'll follow too closely. But I think with LJ, I think just loyalty probably wins out on this one. Quarterback by the end of the week, or I mean, <laughs> would, you be, would you be more surprised if it if it pushes into next week, or if it happens by the end of this week? I, I was told like uh, the next week or week or so. You okay. know, kind of what they told me. Uh, so I, I would be surprised if it's not before Christmas. Um, you know, so that that's kind of what I'm thinking either this week or. If it worse next week, um, you know, I think that's something that I think FSU's not rushing it, but at the same time, you know, they have a guy they would like to get it done because that kind of you want to kind of get into your season of what off season what it's going to be, and then that helps you recruit other guys from the portal, you know, because whether they get Jeremiah Smith or not, I still think they're going to attack somebody from the portal because they want to have an experienced receiver. Um, you know, go along with the group they have, like a Hakeem Williams, Vandrevious Jacobs, Porty Pertier, all these guys. I think you would want to have an experienced guy around that really helps. And it it certainly helped FSU this year when they had Keon Coleman. I mean, Johnny was there, but just having a guy that's explosive like Keon really kind of set that group, uh, I think, for the whole year. So I think, um, you know, certainly that's kind of where, where they sit in those in those positions. We got a live show at eight o'clock in the morning. I don't want to keep you any longer than I have to, but just, I guess like a quick philosophical thing. How are they able to juggle, I guess, Cam and DJ right now? Like we all know that Cam's number one. And if he falls through, they're probably going to then put the the press on DJ. DJ has to realize that. I mean, do they, do they tell him that? Or does everybody play dumb in this? Does DJ pretend that he's not number two? And do they not mention that? I I don't think probably they mentioned that. I think it's more like they, they want to show him like you're coveted. We, we, we want you. Um, there's always got to be a number one. There's going to be one and there's going to be a two. I mean, there's always got to be one. Um, and DJ knows the process. I mean, he's not blind. He knows that, you know, Cam Ward visited before him. He understands that. And he understands their process. But I got a feeling like if FSU pushed for DJ, he's willing to. It just it, it gave off the vibe when he was visiting, like he's willing to wait if it comes to that because he felt so connected to uh you know what he would be developed at, at fsu now i'm not saying he won't take visits and prepare himself and you know have protection of of other schools but i think uh certainly i feel with dj that you know if fsu came calling you know he that would be the place that that is most likely uh last thing can we put evan stewart on the spreadsheet can we put yeah. him on there the texas a&m wide receiver i certainly would um okay. that's a guy that they're there's certainly, I, I know there was interest in that, that I'd heard if he entered that that was a guy they'll look into. Now they'll certainly check him out, make sure there's no red flags of, of stuff from the background. And, and if he's a fit to you, know, what they want in their room, uh, just culture wise. But if that checks out, I'd say that that's a guy that probably you can see FSU, uh, you know, pushing for. All right. We took, I told Michael 10 minutes. It's been over 10 minutes, eight <laughs> o'clock in the morning, live on YouTube. Come hang out with Michael. He's got all the info for you. Michael, appreciate the hell out of you, man. You got it. On behalf of Michael and Corey, I'm Aslan. Thanks for listening to wake up war chant. Don't forget live show recruiting signing day starts at eight o'clock this morning. 
So if you want more of Langston and me, hop on YouTube. We'll be there live. Updates running constantly on wordchant.com as well as social media. So tap in. Stay connected. Again, 50% off an annual membership. Take advantage. All the premium access you could want. All the backstories that Michael's going to give you after signing day. It's all there for our subscribers. Again, for everybody involved with the show today, we say thank you for listening to Wake Up War Champ. Presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.